good. Because then, because like you know, I don't like mm. like the actual audio from the stream is going to be much worse than the audio from the Zoom, and True. so happy Father's Day! Happy Father's, happy Father's Day. Day. Um, we thought we would start as we Father's don't Day have episode. our fathers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just clap for ourselves. <laughs> uh. uh. Okay. My dad okay. is behind the door. All right. <laughs> yeah, I guess we don't have any preamble. Um, yeah, there's no reason to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, in f for, you know, for anticipation's sake, I'm going to admit our fathers into the room. Please welcome. Oh, oh, there they are. Yes. Oh, yes. There they are. All right. All right. All right. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning, sir. My father no is there. There we go. There we go. For, you know, for anticipation. Dad, I think, I think your audio is like looping or something. Do you mind like muting or finding headphones? <laughs> No, I think he's watching us. <laughs> <laughs> our only fan. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. he was joking about how he was going to be our only viewer as well as the audience. How how is That's everyone doing not today? A joke. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, thank and you. and Mr. Drimbus, happy belated birthday. Um, thank you very much. I'm going to be the first one to say happy birthday for next year. First I'm always wow. first. Yes, you made it. I, I'm. I. Th I think far ahead. Um, how are we? We are good. It's a good weekend. Mr. Zonizer, how are you doing? Oh, I. I'm an expert at Zoom, and I was on. <laughs> A work call this week and I was trying to pretend like I was participating in the zoom but I was actually listening to a voicemail message from a client that I needed to answer but unfortunately I forgot to put myself on mute so I'm there trying <laughs> faking attention but clearly doing something else so, so wait so in other words so in other words you're like every seventh grader I teach yes <laughs> or worse <laughs> I'm sure there will be some of that today as well. Well, as long as it's we'll watching us is the other thing that you're doing, then we'll allow it. Because <laughs> unless you're, uh, if your attention is not fully on the Boonch Boys, like in the actual meeting, it must be on the Boonch Boys watching us <laughs> as a fan. Exactly. Uh, so what I thought you guys were going to, I thought you were going to go like 15 minutes before we got introduced. So we had nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we're still we fine. Felt, we felt bad keeping you in the waiting room. That's yeah, we're not Conan here. We're not, we don't have a monologue to do <laughs> about yeah. the traffic on the 495. Um, mm, tell me about it. Right. So, how many viewers do we have? We have two concurrent viewers. Uh, three concurrent nice. viewers. So three concurrent viewers. Oh, yes, that's a big deal. <laughs> it might be yes. my grandma and my uncle, and, but yeah. it, we know it's not Amelia because she's in Costa Rica. So nice. <laughs> hey, hey, that's it, it's consistently more than I think we're gonna get. So 
look the it thing is good. the thing is most great ideas were not appreciated in their time right <laughs> like shampoo yeah. general relativity like n nobody thought that it was it, it was the best until it yeah. was yeah we're um, up there with general relativity so how do you pl guys plan to celebrate today your your day of fatherhood i am spending time with my my son i already heard from my other son who's in uh, evanston uh, but I'm spending time with that other boy and uh, family dinner tonight. Indeed. You tell him about the uh, the dessert we're going to be having. Oh no. We are so traditionally for the Drembus birthdays there are uh, there's a chocolate cake that was my mother's recipe, and uh, this year I decided to go a different way, and we are going to. I'll just can I plug can I plug a place on this Let's on go. podcast? Uh -huh. We are going to Paradise Ice Cream in uh, in Springfield, Virginia. Uh, and we are getting some uh, some good sized uh, ice cream sandwiches, Oreo and chocolate chip ice cream sandwiches, and that is going to be dessert. So we're excited about that. Trying them out. Amazing, a morally good my, sized. My son is up. My son's up in Massachusetts. Can I go with you guys? Yes, you will love him. Yes. Family, Absolutely. family, family dinner is not welcome here in Massachusetts. Sorry, no. <laughs> it's state law. <laughs> We actually have a Father's Day tradition with David and Leah, where typically I go buy them something expensive and then take them out to eat. I don't know how it worked out, but they've gotten computers on Father's Day. No, yeah, the one the one story is that once on Father's Day, we went to see Inside Out, the movie, at a movie theater. You with Richard for, Kind. With Richard Kind. He yeah. Plays, he plays Bing Bong. Um, yeah. And then after that, we went to go eat lunch, also my father's treat. And then we made sure to go to Best Buy and get Leah and I laptops just because we needed to. So um. that was <laughs> best Father's Day ever. <laughs> it just shows how great of a father you are. <laughs> yeah. That's what that demonstrates. Yeah, the day of fa Father's Day is demonstrate how good of a father you are, not, ce <laughs> not <Yeah>. celebrate it. <laughs> Prove it to me. Uh, so yeah, do uh, we? Why, good. Why, why don't we get into some questions? We would love to uh, get to know you both better. Um, yeah, yeah, we don't know you guys well enough. I, yeah, I don't know any of you at all. Um, <laughs> So, Where am I? Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be asking David Drembis question. It, it doesn't really matter. We're all going to be answering the question. Yeah, I think both of the questions are good for. Yeah, yeah. Both um, of the fathers. All right, perfect. So I'm going to ask um, Father Drembis, um, what was Father your, <laughs> uh, what was your favorite educational experience? and why because you went yeah tell everybody where you went to uh schools and what your experience was at those schools all right so i will we'll do this sort of in three steps i went i'm i'm fairly local i started in fairfax county when i was uh seven so i pretty much grew up around here um and went to fairfax county schools then i went to uva for college and then more recently uh, completed the Educate Virginia program uh, that allowed me to transition from uh, my, my old career, my former career, to being a teacher. Um, so, I, you know, I, 
there are a lot of great educational experiences, a lot of great teachers that I've had. Um, but I would, I would, I think I would stay more recent and say just the what I learned and the, and the caliber of people I learned it from when I when I did my teacher training was fairly amazing and um, just uh, a lot of people who have been doing this for a long time, teaching, coaching, uh, being in administration, and 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 also are still doing it and still had time to put together various types of, of curricula for us to engage in and, and uh, really tell us a lot of useful things about teaching rather than just the textbook stuff. So I, uh, again, not to keep plugging things, but if anyone out there, any of your viewers thinking about becoming a teacher in Virginia, educate VA is the way to go. It's a good thing that they're good educators. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> it would be bad. Yeah. They you did not yeah. learn well. At exactly. that. <laughs> now I, I will say this. There were a bunch of times when uh, they had to just sort of sit and tell us a bunch of things. And they specifically said, don't do this to your own <laughs> students. Don't stand up there and just sort of, you know, fire hose out the information to them. Um, but we have a limited amount of time, so we have to do that. So even when they were not doing what is, I guess, pedagogically the, the correct thing to do, they were telling us that it was not ped pedagogically the correct thing to do. So yeah, no, they were very good. I feel like adulthood, you need to like, it's it's about efficiency, you know, just give me the information, I'll go on my way, you know, we, we yeah. it, kids are much more, you need to engage them, but adults, it's like, give me a deck, and I'll just like, write all down all the information. So that makes sense. Now, can I can I ask a follow up? Because, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, now, I think this can go for, for both of you, a lot of educational experiences, uh, you know, the, the context is the classroom, you know, where you're going to school and all this sort of stuff. Um, but also a lot of educational experiences just happen while you're out living life and you just, you know, you're not ready for it and then it's there and, and then you've learned something. Um, and now dad, this still for you might still be in the classroom, but as a teacher, is there uh, another sort of educational experience you've had there that stands out Mr. Zahneiser, in your life, is there a, uh, an experience that you've had, not necessarily uh, in a formal education setting, uh, that has, has changed your perspective, that has, has helped you to learn something new and important? Oh, Keith, you should go. I, I, I started this thing off. You should. You should we all, we, here on the Boonch Boys, we do, we do alternate. alternate. Yeah, that, that's a tradition. That, that is a rule. During when that was going to happen. All right, well, so I'll answer David's question first. Um, I did my undergraduate at the Ohio State University. Grew up in central Ohio in a suburb called Upper Arlington, which was great. Uh, very good education, public education system. Did history and French at the Ohio State, then went on and did uh, Masters of Theological Studies at Harvard Divinity School because I was interested in American religious history. So I was doing that there and then went on to do PhD at University of California, Santa Barbara. And I think I enjoyed all three of those phases. Uh, there was something good, lots of good at, at each of them. I think I enjoyed the, the graduate work at Santa Barbara. That was just when I was sort of peak historian 
<laughs> well, that's uh, that's actually owning myself for the yeah. end of my career. So I will say, uh, it was when it was it was still there. There wasn't huge amounts of pressure, but uh, it all started coming together. Uh, the knowledge and the writing, and I had a great advisor, great committee. Um, and great friends and colleagues. And it was just beautiful out there for three years. So, so yeah, I think that was, uh, that was the, the great experience. Henry, I'm trying to think of a good answer to your question. Um, it's a pretty broad question. I don't, yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. All of our questions are not specific. <laughs> yeah. I have a, a funny example and I'm not sure what I learned from it. And I'm not even sure well, okay, I'll just say this. Once when I was teaching at University of Southern Indiana, which is uh, where we were right before we came to DC, um, which is in Evansville. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. So I taught some at Ohio State and I taught, I taught thousand student classes in the American History Survey, which was ridiculous. <laughs> And that was just like performance art, but that, you know, it was fun. Uh, I didn't have to meet any students <laughs> because I had grad students take care of that. And so it was just, it was just, uh, it was crazy because I had to write those lectures right before I gave them. Um, that, that was good because I got to learn what I could do and that was high pressure and high stakes. I remember so I had gone to Ohio State as an undergrad, so I was teaching there just when we got back from Argentina, and one of my old professors, I bumped into him in the mailroom at one point, and he said, oh, yes, I remember these days where if you get a flat tire, your entire quarter is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it really did feel like that. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed the teaching, so I had this one experience at Southern Indiana where the classes were much smaller, about 35 to 40 students, and still doing my uh, American history class. And then one day after class, a woman came down, and she was very sheepish, and she said, I don't know how to say this, but um, I was sitting in the back row, and the girl next to me had her hand in her boyfriend's pants all through your lecture. <laughs> <laughs> and I said... I said, clearly that is unacceptable. So, so then, then before the next class, I had to pull those two aside and say, you know, I never thought I was going to have to say this to any student ever. However, <laughs> save that for the dorm room. This is a classroom. What's the lesson from that? Henry, what did I draw from that? Don't take anything for granted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I obviously that's, you know, an, an important uh, lesson to, to learn, but also I, I think uh, in regards to what you're saying uh, a little earlier about, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times we do get sort of thrown into these situations where it's like you said, very high stakes, very high pressure. Uh, and like you said, we get to sort of learn what we can do uh, and, maybe in some cases what we can't do as well. Uh, so I, uh, I think that's a, that's a good answer. Good answer. Good answer. It's up there, Steve. It's up there, Steve. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, my dad, uh, answer to the, the question. I, now, I, now there's pressure to top that answer. Yeah. I, I have no, 
yeah. no illusions. I would hope that's that. not happening. You can always just tell the same yeah. story if you need. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 not at all. There are, I, I think it's just, I mean, with teaching, I think it's just the unexpected. Like like Keith said, I, I think kids say things regardless of what age they are or do things um, that you, you, it's not written down in the, in the uh, training uh, manual that uh, that this is going to happen next, and sometimes they're silly or ridiculous or disrespectful, but sometimes they're poignant and and heartfelt, and and uh, you really, I, I think my biggest learning over the past couple of years of teaching has really been how fully formed, in some ways, um, twelve and thirteen year olds are. They they have real thoughts, they have real feelings, they have uh, they're not just concerned about themselves and. Uh, who, who's friends with them and who's not friends with them. Um, they have real lives outside of school that they bring to school, much like all of us bring to work or to school. And, uh, and so I think learning about how to respect that and, and hear that has been um, something that I don't know that I expected to have to do uh, when you uh, when you go into a classroom, sort of instead of thinking about a classroom of 25 or 30 kids, thinking about a classroom full of 25 or 30 individuals uh, and uh, and sort of teaching accordingly. So, yeah, I, I would say that's been a big thing. A lot of, what grade lot do you of... teach, Mr. Dremus? Seventh, seventh grade math. I had, uh, so a professor that I had at Ohio State, I did my senior honors thesis with, who I greatly respected. And he was, he was an excellent teacher. And he said, if I hadn't taught college, I would have taught seventh grade. Because seventh grade and like freshman year in college are two points of real transition for, for um, kids or young adults. And it's a time when an, a teacher can have real impact. So that sounds like what you're saying. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been, it has been, the last two years have been quite an experience. Just, um, you know, we have our own children and they've been in seventh grade, but uh, uh, getting to know just such a variety of other people's children uh, and, and sort of, again, what they bring from their own lives to the classroom has been, uh, has been amazing. I certainly have a lot of, I think, admiration for those teachers who want to jump into those times of transition because I think, you know, yes, you can have a big impact, but also, you know, things are a little crazy at that point. Lots of stuff going on in, in seventh grade and freshman year of college. Lots of, you know, uh, hands in your, your boyfriend's pants, all this sort of <laughs> stuff. So um, there's a lot going on. But no, I think that's uh, I think that's great. Okay. And do yeah, you, David, do you want to ask a question? I okay. was, I, I, I was going to say you guys have very poignant answers. <laughs> yeah, I um, know. This is awesome. Yeah. When we ask a question, it's usually 20 minutes of talking about yeah. horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's usually just us talking about one giant cashew. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, I like this, uh, this first one that you, that you had David, uh, because it, you know, it seems, seems very good for today. Mm -hmm. Uh, is there a, a favorite memory of being a father uh, that uh, that you have? And we'll we'll start because we alternate. I'll uh, start with Mr. Zonizer. Uh, am I allowed to use props? Please, <laughs> and, and and not as in mad props for the Shema. But yes, what a fiction. reference! Yes, bringing it back. 
about the internal internal reference. All right, so I have some pictures because I couldn't answer it with one thing. So I have sort of three or four groups of things, and maybe we can burn through these in like three minutes. Awesome. Great. Right, so the first ones I didn't have time to scan, so I'm going to just put them up. This is. Oh my God. Added David at my parents' house in Columbus. Wow. So the theme here is trips to Ohio to see relatives. And also in that theme, I think he might be watching. This is David's uncle, Mark, my brother, introducing David to the pool. So can you, can I, can you let me share my screen? Yes, of course. There you go. Now what do I have to, oh, I have to share my screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> so once I share my screen, all right, so one of the favorite things, memories I have is years and years and years and years of watching both David and his sister play soccer. And it was a huge time commitment for all three of us, but just so much fun uh, in the end, being able to go and participate in these. And this is David's, I think, first team, which was Springfield Youth Club. And then this is, he was shifted to Gunston. And they were pretty good. And you did that to a when, David, you were... Oh, sorry, David, I should have run these by you for <laughs> these, these are completely unedited, by the way. No, that's that's fine. Yeah, I uh I joined Gunston, I think, in fifth or sixth grade. Or no. And no, yeah, I think that's right. Because then I I sort of stopped soccer around eighth eighth grade, end of eighth grade. All right. Uh trips with David and his sister. This was to Great Wolf Lodge. Great Wolf Lodge when young and then New York City when older. <laughs> <laughs> we Rocket. did not go ice skating. So, David, I couldn't find your bat mitzvah. Interesting. Interesting. So I had to use one of so Leah's. Leah's. <laughs> 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 your bar mitzvah, I don't know. It's uh, I just couldn't find them in time. This occurred to me late. Anyway, there you are participating. And so... That was, of course, very significant. Oh my David God, look at that hair. <laughs> was one of the first high school students to get invited to the International Saxophone S Symposium that's uh, held every year and sponsored by the US Navy Band. So he killed it. That was awesome. Uh, did a thing called Virginia Music Adventures. Got to play live at local restaurants and perform did that a couple of years always good to see him so so watching david play saxophone is the second or third theme uh oh <laughs> yeah boys that was like sophomore I, year or something henry i wish you were in this photo um i'm it's fine <laughs> but, <laughs> that was before homecoming so yeah i'm, one, I'm one, okay with that I, I just uh have always been a good memory is David's group of friends going through school. And um, again, I didn't have enough time to find a good one with you in it, but you're, you're certainly included in this group. And just it's a great memory to know that your kids got to go through early years with a great group of people that they'll probably keep in touch with. All right, then he graduated from high school. That's always good. Yeah. And uh, then oh, we went yes. to visit Pittsburgh. 
where, yes, there is a Zonizer Street, and uh, and he just graduated from Pittsburgh. So that's not a picture of me graduating. That was like that, <laughs> that was us visiting. Yeah. Well, you haven't gotten your actual diploma yet, so we have to wait for that to come. I know. In. I'm still worried about that. <laughs> All right, that's it. Well, Hopefully. nice. Me do wow. That. Yeah, why don't you stop sharing your screen? I don't know how to. Oh, yeah, here where it says stop share. <laughs> we'll just keep that picture up for the rest of the <laughs> And Boonch boys, we don't know how to use Zoom. Uh, well, thank you. That was wonderful. I I, uh, I enjoyed looking at a lot of those pictures. That's fun. Young us. Yeah, I think we met you and me, not me and my dad uh <laughs> you, i think we met around when you were joining gunston if if, if we're that's, all remembering things that's correctly. true yeah, yeah i remember you were a lot more wild of a boy than you are now. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is definitely true it was the it was the me and uh and uh brian reyes and joel <laughs> heidi situation there yeah uh not to not to plug again but shout out to joel and joel Heidi. ryan anyway uh well that is wonderful uh mr drembus yeah i uh i did not bring props i am neither did i prepared so. here <laughs> yeah we don't even yeah I was we're less say, prepared uh, than ever that was, that was awesome <laughs> um so i will i will just segue by uh by seconding what mr zonheiser said about um about your group of friends because that was, as I think every parent of those kids would say, uh, pretty much a highlight of uh, of us being able to watch you in 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 middle school and especially in high school. That was uh, that was pretty amazing and something that I hope you guys don't take for granted because it does not happen to everybody. That was that was outstanding. Um, you know, I think my um, I think my my highlights of of parenthood sometimes we're watching my kids learning something for the first time that, you know, we as adults already knew, watching them go through the same things uh, that we had gone through, whether it was bar mitzvahs and, and sort of preparing and learning for that, um, songs that they heard for the first time. Um, I think specifically with Henry, um, a lot of my favorite parts of parenting have to do with the humor uh, that uh, he has always been very good at finding and um, and and just uh, sharing that, but also seeing it in other settings, seeing him um, be funny and take enjoyment from things. So uh, I don't know that I have, you know, specific days or or uh, or things like that in mind. Um, oh, I will tell one story. When Henry was very young, when Henry and Philip were very young, uh, we would uh, we would sing to them uh, at night before they went to bed. And we had I had a handful of songs that I knew all the words to. Uh, and one of them was uh, Piano Man, right? Piano Man? No, by the Billy Joel, right? Oh, The Boxer. Yes, yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel. And there's a lyric... Uh, in that uh, in that song that references the whores on Seventh Avenue that I always changed uh, because well for obvious reasons yeah. <laughs> um, and so I still remember the night where uh, Henry again very young 
um, said to me something to the effect of, I think I had been saying the girls. Girls, girls. Yeah. 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 And then I had listened to it on the CD. Right. Uh, for the first time. And anyway, CDs, CDs, by the way, CDs kids were this thing that we used mm. to. Anyway, uh, but so we were, we're, I was singing the song and he was, he was going to bed and he just sort of propped himself up and said, I, I, I think you're, you're singing that wrong. And I said, well, what do you mean? And, and I thought to myself, oh, this is, this is the time where this like tiny baby, this little boy is going to say the word or to me. And I'm, I'm not going to deal with it well. And, uh, and what he said was, I think it's, I think it's the boys on Seventh Avenue. And I said, you know what? You're exactly right. That is exactly what the lyrics are. The boys on Seventh Avenue. So anyway, that was uh, a memory I have, a specific memory. It's about the boys from very early on. Yeah, it's all about the boys. Yep, yep. It's always been the boys. <laughs> yeah. Dad, I think you're saying it wrong. I think it says Boonch Boys. Boonch Boys on 7th Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Yeah. Again, very, uh, well, very poignant. Very nice. We appreciate it. Oh, we're here on the Butch Boys, we alternate. David, do you have a question for our fathers? Uh, yes. Um, by the way, we're already 30 minutes in. We're probably not going to oh get God. to all these questions. No, we um, So I know both of you are siblings, correct? I, I'm sure that father not to each is, other yeah yeah you guys are siblings um father father drembus you have three two other siblings correct you're I also uh, okay well that's something that both of our dads have in common are you also the middle or are you the eldest or youngest i am the eldest i have two younger siblings. the eldest okay so the experience might be different but still much closer than um than we might have so what are your guys's favorite and least favorite memories of being siblings? Or how about how about we just say favorite and then yeah, just, just, just like think of memories? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like oh, my favorite. Um, gosh, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, my sisters and I are very close in age. Um, oh, here's a good one. Um, when uh, when we were in high school. Uh, I think there was a year when, yeah, there was a year when I was a senior in high school. My sister, Laura, was uh, a sophomore. My sister, Debbie, was a freshman. Um, so uh, we all were at the same school at the same time for one year. And I think it was that year, maybe the year before, I can't remember, where um, I was a huge fan at the time, this was in the early 80s, uh, of the Go-Go's. And we had an opportunity to go see the Go-Go's, but we, uh, we didn't have a ride to go see the Go-Go's. Um, and so I, I think someone I knew who was maybe a year or two older who had a license uh, went with us and took us and, uh, and all three of us got to see the Go-Go's. Uh, I believe the opening band was, um, and no one will know this, um, Flock of Seagulls. Oh yeah. A great 80s one or maybe two hit wonder band um so i do remember sharing that experience with them that that was a good that was a good memory nice yeah david do you know not you david drembus but david zonizer flock of seagulls more modern pop cultural reference from a movie mm, on the spot well, well can I'll you give, give me you a, the line give me a yeah 
Hey, flock of seagulls, chill. No Pulp idea. Fiction. Oh, oh, is oh, it? Okay. Yes, Jules, when they go into the apartment and the guy laying on the couch, he calls him flock of seagulls because of his haircut. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd get that one. Speaking right, of, can I, share a, can, can I share a least favorite? How many viewers oh, sure. do we have? Are we still at three? We're still at three. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this, but over over this uh, wait, this eye right oh, here. No. <laughs> well, you may not be able to see the scar that I have. That is when my older brother Mark hit me with a baseball bat because he was not happy about something. <laughs> you, Mark. Thank you. Permanent uh. reminder. <laughs> But then on the flip side, it's uh, one of my one of my good memories is um, every Christmas time for since we've been out in D.C., we travel back to Ohio. It's the annual holiday pilgrimage. Uh, and typically, well, when when the kids were very young, we had to fly because Leah couldn't do eight hours in a car. And I think then we would do either Columbus or Cleveland. But. Um, since Leah got big enough, we typically go to Cleveland and, and then uh, spend at least Christmas Eve there because that's a big celebration at their house. And so that's always fun. And then go down to Columbus where my younger brother lives and, and uh, my parents lived. And my mom's still there. So that's, uh, that's uh, good memories of the, of the of the siblings that's you know more recent but it's over a course of maybe at this point like 14 years worth of holidays there in ohio that's of course awesome. I'm say, yeah, where did you go to vacation i always say well ohio and they're like okay <laughs> yeah you know about that <laughs> i was just gonna say i need to i need to jump in where uh my cleveland is my hometown where uh does your brother live chesterland out on the oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay yeah yeah I'm in the, I'm from the South Euclid, Beechwood, that whole area. Uh, very cool. I've been to a mall in Beechwood. Yeah. Hey, maybe you guys were in the same mall at the same time. I could have had. <laughs> uh, I'd like to uh, bring it back for just a second, because we referenced the flock of seagulls haircut without uh -huh. looking at it. And it's, I think, important for there us to look at this picture. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is just solid work anyway welcome, welcome <laughs> to the 80s yeah that's good stuff yeah. uh well wonderful that's uh it's very nice to hear and and uh i did not know the go-go's story so that was also nice for me to uh to hear um it's also very interesting that henry and i are both siblings of one other person and you guys were both siblings of two other people so indeed I guess Henry and I will have only children and then eventually nobody. <laughs> and then <laughs> no more heirs after that. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Uh, well, I'd like to ask this question because uh, I think it's a great one. Uh, shout out David Zonizer on, uh, on coming up with this question. Uh, so what's one characteristic you feel that you got from your parents and we have gotten from you or your respective son has gotten from you? And uh, we alternate, so I will we'll start with Mr. Zonizer on this one. Yeah, I was thinking about this one. I think um, the importance of curiosity and love of learning. Both my folks were 
Um, well, my dad, my dad was an academic. My mom also had a couple master's degrees and was uh, uh, worked in the women's studies library, was head of the women's studies library at Ohio State, both loved to read. And uh, our dinner tables were always active discussions slash arguments. If my dad could get us going to argue about something, otherwise, as a professor, he was happy to just click on and lecture for 50 straight minutes <laughs> or whatever time. But, but uh, they both encouraged uh, independent thought and independent thought, but backed up. Uh, so knowing how to support your arguments. And I think that both David and Leah are good at that. And that was actually something I was gonna mention in memories is that just great conversations with two smart kids is just wonderful to have. And sometimes, especially Leah can be very much an attorney <laughs> I understand the frustration my parents went through, but um, but yeah, it's just that I would say that just the 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 importance of curiosity and 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 independent thinking and learning. Yeah, I actually I called Uncle Mark and Grandma to get some dirt on you to spring on you in the in this interview. Um, I didn't get any, but Uncle Mark said that <laughs> Uncle Mark said that you were very mildly rebellious. <laughs> like the most mildly <laughs> rebellious and that you were technically the trouble child, even though all you did was just have intellectual debates with your father. <laughs> it's also the issue of going out and staying out late, which was a source of constant struggle. But, but yeah, there was, so, I mean, it's cool to have parents that are willing to let you fight with them, you know, argue with them about things. Um, and, and, yeah, I ended up doing high school debate, which my father encouraged me to do. I remember the day he, he came in, he was, uh, <laughs> he had a thing where he would just like drift into a room and make some declaration. Like he had clearly been thinking about it, right? And then, yeah, so I was down doing laundry and he just suddenly appeared down in the laundry room, which is not someplace you just happened to come into. So he was there with intent and he's like, I think you should do high school debate. I think you'd get a lot out of it. And so I did, and boy, did he regret that. <laughs> I used every technique I could. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I would say. Very good. Uh, Mr. Drembis. Yeah, uh, so two things come to mind. Uh, one is, and I think this is sort of recent, uh, for you at least, Henry, is a, a love of crossword puzzles. That is that is definitely something my father passed on to me, and now uh, I see you and Philip doing. Um, I also think uh, childish humor. I think childish humor has, uh, has, oh, yeah. has definitely something I picked up from my dad, and and uh, and and now you've turned it into a podcast. So I, <laughs> I think I think that that is uh, those are two things. It's that, here to stay uh, in the Drembus family. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think those are the two that that I, speak out the most. Yeah, I definitely recognize uh, that uh, across the generations. Yeah. Uh, crossword puzzles and silliness. That's so yeah. classic. I, and I, I'll, 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 I'll add this. I'll add this. I think both uh, me and Henry have benefited from the fact that while let me see if I can do this sort of in order. While my dad and I have been silly, we've had in our in our wives like perfect 
straight men or straight women who would sort of roll their eyes and tolerate us. So it was a good audience, uh, a good way to keep being silly because uh, I think our respective wives uh, uh, didn't discourage it, but also were just like in the sort of sitcom sense where these sort of put upon wives or put upon moms um, who were just like, oh, I can't believe this guy is still making these jokes, uh, but, but put up with us. That's a very good point. That is a great point. Yeah. S S Mr. Boonch boy. Uh, <laughs> did, did I ask the last question or did you ask the last question? I asked the last question and we alternate. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am familiar. Um, yeah. Why don't we do this one? Um, what is the value or a value that you have found in being young and also a value that you have found in being older than when you were young? Oh, nice way of phrasing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't want to say <laughs> old. Very are old. Age is a number. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I'll start with the older one. I mean, I think the, the easy answer is perspective. You know, you just realize that if something's awesome, there are going to be times where it's less awesome and that becomes awesome again. If, if something works, it might work for a while. It might stop working. You might have to do something differently. Um, so I, I, I think the uh, I think just having that perspective that if something goes bad for a day, it's not the end of the world uh, is valuable. I think that, uh, you know, you can um, you realize and then this is certainly true of parenting you realize after you've you know made it through sort of the first year and you haven't dropped the baby uh, that you're going to do things and and you're going to you're going to have less than stellar parenting days uh, but kids are resilient and they and they bounce back and and you keep trying and you keep uh, you know keep trying to do a good job so um, you can't get too caught up in I yelled at Henry today and I probably shouldn't have done that um, First, because um, again, he's not going to remember it. But second, because he probably deserved it. So, it, uh, no, all good. Um, so that's the older one. I think just perspective uh, of of having that 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 time pass. Younger, I think it's just um, optimism. I I, I think uh, you know I think sometimes it's tough in the world that we live in to to have that at your young age. Uh, but you, you should. I mean, it. it, uh, it the you know the world is your oyster is trite, but it's it's uh, I think a, a valuable way to look at things sometimes because what you're doing at at 19 or 20 or 21 um, may be in no way what you were doing at nine or 10, and maybe in no way what you're going to be doing at 30 or 40 or whatever. So um, just the idea that lots is possible, I think, is uh, is is how I would characterize a valuable part of being younger lovely Absolutely i like that lovely <laughs> i'd like to jump in real quick uh with an idea uh i want to get a pet oyster and name it the world and then the world <laughs> will literally be my oyster um <laughs> that's all i had mr yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i would say very similar similar things you know especially about being young you do, you have potentially lots of time. Um, and let's hope that that's true for, for you guys and the people you know. Um, and that does give you a freedom, 
plus you have more energy. <laughs> yeah, that's when, you get to, when we get to the older, there's just less energy. But yeah, as um, that same professor that, that told me about teaching seventh graders also said, part of becoming an adult is realizing that you have to start saying no to things, uh, which just, you can't have infinite possibility forever, but you have it right now. And you know, you just, as you go through, you have to do this instead of that and this instead of that. But right now you can do, you can go in so many different directions and you have the energy to do it. So that's great. Uh, one thing I like the value I see of being my age is that, at, at, you know, at this point, I don't feel like I'm proven, trying to prove anything to anybody anymore. Um, you know, it's been, uh, it's, been a long time doing my job and I've done a bunch of the stuff I wanted to do and that's nice because the pressure's off so I can think about doing other things or uh, whether I want to fill in the blanks with more meaningful things uh, or maybe if I get the, the urge I'll switch careers and just kind of go do something that I think is more meaningful but I just feel like I don't I don't I think the, again, perspective of, of being in your 50s is that you're not still trying to uh, do all the things that you have to do when you're 20 and 30 and even 40 and one more year and Leah will be off at college. And that, I guess, means that no kid will ever need anything from me for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. Isn't okay, that how that on. works? Um, yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, let's hold uh, on. Don't One scratch second. the record. Scratch the record. That's yeah, not yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, no. um, uh, conversation and, and it worked out very well because uh, earlier uh, last week, um, I, uh, I participate. So let's see. So last Boys episode, we talked about how I did this America Talks thing. And then uh, more recently, I did one that was instead of uh, across the, the political spectrum, it was across the age spectrum. And so I had this lovely conversation with this uh, 76 year old woman named Ellen. And, uh, and she, it was really great. And, and we had a similar conversation about what we think is, you know, great about being our own uh, respective ages. And one of the things she said, and I'd be interested to see now, she's obviously a little bit uh, older than, than both of you, but and a little bit, a, a good deal older than both of you. But um, uh, she, um, one of the things that she said was that she knows who she is. Um, she said, I, you know, I think there is, you know, when you're young, there, there's a certain amount of excitement in finding out who you are, but also there's a, a great deal of just um, peace when you know who you are, you know what you like to do, you know, you know, what your commitments are, all this sort of stuff. And you, uh, you can just be with yourself and be, be happy with that. Uh, and I'd be interested to know if uh, that is something either of you have experienced. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye. Okay, I'll see you later. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I agree 100%. And I feel like it's not just I know what I like um, or I, I know what I don't like. It's, it, it really is the I know who I am. And, 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 and you know, 
you don't want to stop growing. You don't want to stop improving. But at a certain point, um, you're not, you know, I know I'm the person who needs to be at the airport two hours early, not an hour. <laughs> I just know that. And that's how that's going to be. Uh, and, and so, uh, it, and then you have to accept that. You have to just say, that's who I am. And I think that's a little bit about what, what, you know, Mr. Zonizer was saying about um, just sort of accepting and, and, and being comfortable uh, with that, the idea that um, you're not, you still want to prove things to yourself, maybe, but that you're not out there trying to prove things to other people. Uh, and, and you're not making sort of false choices about what is or isn't valuable. Um, there are some people who can uh, get to the airport uh, 45 minutes before the plane takes off. And, and the, the fact that they can do that is not better or worse than the fact that I need to get there two hours early. Uh, it just is different. And, and that's what it is. And I think that when you're 54 years old, you, you start to, um, or not start to, but you're at a point where hopefully you, you realize that. Yes. Fully second getting to the airport two hours early. Um, definitely that's part of the wisdom of being our age. Uh, um, yeah, I hope when I'm Ellen's, it's Ellen was the name? Ellen, yes. Yeah. I hope when I'm Ellen's age that, yeah, I'm not worried about anything at all except yelling at people that are getting on my lawn. <laughs> I wondered how long it was going to take before we got you kids get off my lawn. In this yeah. I've got many stories. Uh, as, as David knows, don't get me started. I'm, I'm already in training to be that guy, but uh, I've been provoked. That's all I'm going to say. I could write all of next door posts uh. myself. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that, so that's 20 years away, uh, being Ellen and a totally grumpy old man. Uh, and so I like, I like the idea of being, you know, happy with where things are right now, but, but as you pointed out, David, you know, leaving room for, there is still time to change or do something new or go in a different direction or at layer something else in. And I think, yes, it's good to, to, uh, to keep that and and the possibility of those things happening I think are greater because you have this solid base like all the main things are sort of checked off and taken care of that creates space for I've got a list of things I want to do now post pandemic that include like learning how to cook um, better better than I've already yeah, yeah. David. <laughs> that was going to be a memory I wanted to share when we got into watching chopped together as a family, which was fun until I would start serving them dinner and they would start critiquing it. And they'd say, <laughs> well, presentation is definitely a five, <laughs> the same color. <laughs> and as mac and cheese and chicken nuggets goes, I think you need to uh, spice up your repertoire a little bit. <laughs> Uncreative but, uh, use yeah, of the cooking, ingredients. I would like to learn how to cook and I'm going to get, I'm going to tap David for advice on, I played trumpet growing up and I still have my trumpet. And every year I say, Hey, get that thing out, start practicing again. And I would like to learn how to play a little jazz. That's tough. That's a huge, that's a huge thing, but it's, it's just a language. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
yeah so i have i have a question um so of the things you mentioned about the value of being older um do you think that us trying to apply those lessons that you've that you've learned from experience do you think there is any value in trying to applying them to our life now um like sort of getting getting to the pot before the leprechauns that's not a saying um but uh just being able to apply that in our lives now versus uh it's something that is reserved for being older does if that makes sense like it's a good question are, is the wisdom that you learn from being older something that you should try to strive for as a younger person or is uh is the beauty of it more the journey start with one thing i think there i think that there are definitely things that are good to hear when you're young that it may take a long time to learn but it's good to learn them when you're young like start saving money uh and the beauty of compound interest yeah (laughs) Uh, i mean if you can dedicate that yourself to that when you're young and are able to do it financially it just makes the rest of your life easier um and it would be good if you didn't have to wait 30 years to learn that lesson uh and the other one was don't get a phd in u.s history (laughs) (laughs) they go together okay (laughs) I will. I will totally second the uh, the invest early. The uh, start start small. Start something, uh, because, like like you said, uh, the compound interest. It's it's real and uh, it's awesome over a uh, a thirty or forty year period as opposed to a fifteen or twenty year period. So yeah, you guys should put a little away. Start doing that. Um, the other thing I'll say is you know that that is a great question, David. I, I think that. Um, the thing that I immediately thought of was that that example that we talk about in our house sometimes where Philip or Henry will have come to us with a question and we'll give them an answer mm-hmm. and they'll completely ignore it. And then they'll hear that same answer yeah. from a friend or somebody else's parent or a rabbi or a whoever. Mm-hmm. And they'll come back to us and say, you know what I heard? It's <laughs> the most amazing thing that I just learned. And, and we'll go, that is incredible that knowledge and wisdom i can't believe that you were able to get that from somebody now i think the short answer to your question is that um we could tell you to apply it now um, but it's sort of like telling somebody so it's sort of like telling my wife not to worry when she's on an airplane i didn't realize this is going to be the airplane reference show i can tell her that we're not going to crash and that we're going to be fine but she doesn't really deep down believe me uh and so um so it, it, I can tell you to relax and not worry about things because everything's going to turn out okay. But you need to live it and learn it yourself. I think there's a certain amount of don't don't try to be uh, in your 50s while you're in your 20s. Hmm. Very nice. We we appreciate your uh, your wisdom. All right. Well, we're at. Can I ask uh, a quick question, David oh, Drembus? When you get wisdom coming back to you from another parent, is that parent always Tom Callahan? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that is a great, I, I will tell you the best other parent wisdom I've gotten 
was actually from when I was in high school. Um, I had friends, Paul and Tim. They were both brothers. They both played the trombone. So I played the trombone. There was a lot, lot in common, a lot of time spent together. And, and I ended up later on working for their dad. I was his research assistant at the World Bank. And, um, and he was one of those guys who just had some bit of wisdom for every occasion. So for instance, and this was, I was dating Henry's mom at this point. We were not married at this point. Um, and he would talk about, he would, he would call me into his office and we'd be talking about something. And then his wife would call. And uh, inevitably the conversation would turn to dinner. What are we having for dinner? And she would say something to the effect of, you know, I'd really like Chinese food for dinner tonight. And he'd say, great. And then the conversation would end and uh, he would say to me, uh, Eleanor wants Chinese food for dinner tonight. And I would say, oh, well, we just had Chinese food for lunch here at the office. And he said, that's true, but you know what I said to her? And I said, well, what did you say to her? And he goes, I said, yes. Do you know why, David? And I said, why, Neil? And he goes, because it's just easier. So like, <laughs> there's a certain amount of things that you learn uh, that, uh, that you, you, I, I did get from him as a parent, as a husband, uh, that, that he passed on that I like, it plays itself over and over again in my head, but yes, the wise Tom Callahan as well. <laughs> Second that. Uh, well, very good. Um, so we're at, we're at an hour now. Um, do we want to do our last one? Cause I want to ask the, uh, I think, you know, what I'm talking about the last question I that think, we have on. on I think list. I do, but I also sort of wanted to ask one other one, if that's okay. Let, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we should, if we all it, have it's time. not that important. We can also bring you guys back on, on not father's day. To so honestly, I think we're killing it. So. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh Yeah. I think we, both your viewers will want, want us back. We have three concurrent viewers. Three? Three. No one's dropped off. Yeah. I think that that's true. Doing it. That's one the of them is Tom part. Callahan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay. So I uh, I think a lot of times I, you know, I, I hear stories uh, about my father or that my father tells uh, about, you know, when. Uh, he was uh, my age and it's um, but they're always just sort of in little snippets and so I get you know piecing them together I can sort of get an idea of who he was at that age but I'd like to hear just you know as a as a, as a succinct direct answer how you would describe uh, yourself uh, your your goals really anything your personality, just anything like that, uh, when you were our age. And maybe start with Mr. Zanas. How old are you? I'm 20. <laughs> <laughs> so David's sister uh, was born June 19th, and I told her I'm very happy that I'll never have to forget her birthday again because it's a federal holiday. There you uh, go. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. So 21. <laughs> 21. So I, I, I finished undergraduate and I took a year off. I don't know if I ever told you that, David, but I probably no I worked at a bookstore in Columbus, Ohio, near Ohio State campus called Student Book Exchange. 
and I actually worked there as a college student. After college, I came back and worked at a summer after I had a master's degree. And I always vowed that after I got my PhD, I was going to go back and do one one day of work <laughs> so that I could do it. But I think they actually uh, shut down, which oh. is sad. But all right, so age 21, I, I wasn't sure where where I was going to go after undergraduate. I figured I was headed to graduate school in some form or another. And so I took a year off. And one of the things I did in that year was I, um, I went to Brazil for two months. And there was a guy who was a, a friend of my brother's who was down there. And that was, he was part of a, a church and I just wanted to go down and see what life in Brazil was like. And it was in the Amazon um, near Manaus, no, Santarém, Santarém. And it's that, so that was an awesome two months of just uh, constructing buildings and trying not to get eaten by piranha fish. <laughs> um, and so when I came back, the, um, I had done this senior thesis I talked about had to do with uh, religion and politics, which became a thing I was just interested in. In that case, it was missionaries and foreign service personnel in China in the late uh, 1800s um, or late 1900s. And the, the, one of the guys that I read a bunch for that actually taught at Harvard, Harvard Divinity School. So that's why I ended up there. And I wasn't sure, you know, divinity school, you can do a lot of different things. Uh, they had a two-year master's, which is what I did, uh, which was just like a catch-all kind of academic-oriented degree. And then they had the three-year master of divinity if you wanted to go on and do. People that get a master of divinity from Harvard tend largely not to go become clergymen. They tend to go into all sorts of different things that are service-related. Um, but some do, some certainly do. Um, but so I, I signed up for the two-year master's and became convinced very early taking, because you had to take classes like introduction to theology and some of that. And I, I, I just became convinced in my first year that being a historian is what I wanted to do, which I had resisted mightily because my father was a historian and <laughs> I had to go from, I will never study history, which is kind of where both my kids are at right now. The mildly <laughs> rebellious coming back. <laughs> to, and then I got interested in history when I was at Ohio State. And then I had to say, I'm going to go into history, but I'm going to use my position to rebuke everything you ever found or published. <laughs> and then I got over that. <laughs> That's how you graduate. You're like, okay. But um. Uh, yeah, I just I realized that's what I wanted to do. So so it was, um, but at age 21, I wasn't sure yet. It took until I was like 22, 23. Even then I was like, really? History professor. <laughs> uh, and I didn't end that well. You know, I did some of that for a while and it's not what I've done for the majority of my career. I am a historian, but as a consultant and much of it is the same, but much of it is different. And um it's weird because my advisor at Santa Barbara started the program in what's called public history, 
which is what I do now. That's the umbrella under which you, anything, any, anytime you're practicing history and you're not a professor or a teacher, that's called public history. You work for a, a federal agency or in a museum or you're, you know, in an archive or whatever. Um, but, but, you know, I, I just think it's, everybody gets to that point at a different place. And so I don't, I don't think that there's anything special about 21 or 22 and making those kinds of decisions. People just are always on their own path. And it could take, it could easily have had taken me another five years to sort of figure out what I wanted to do. Um, but so I think it's a time of great uncertainty and a, a time of great opportunity. <laughs> because, because again, to go back to the earlier discussion, you haven't said, well, you're starting to say no to some things maybe, right, Henry? Um, no. Deciding for yourself, you know, uh, what, what's know working, what's not working. <laughs> you know, that process continues and you get to the place where you settle in on something. But they keep saying that guys your age, there's no way you're going to work one career your whole life. Yeah. That's just not how the economy is anymore. Right. All right. So that was a rambling answer. So no, that was great. Yeah. Learned a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah, I would say um, that when I was your age, I was very much doing what I felt I was expected to do. Henry and I have talked about before the fact that um, how colleges and universities work these days, uh, what they're for, um, how they sort of allow you to personalize your education was just not something I experienced. And I think I... I, I, looking back, I, I wish I had been a little bit more um, adventurous or a little bit more uh, willing to try new things back then. It was very much a, um, you know, when I was in high school, I got good grades. I did a couple of extracurricular things. I applied to an in-state or two in-state uh, colleges and, um, and, and picked one of them uh, and spent my four years there again. Uh, a little bit involved in music, a little bit involved in uh, in, in service, and uh, uh, probably not enough involved in my classes. Um, and then um, uh, the whole thing was you're expected to go to college, you're expected to get a job. And then you come out of school and you get that job. And, and I think if I had a goal back then, it was to just do something that I cared about. Um, something that I, I felt not was making some huge contribution, but um, I, I spent a year as an intern in my sort of pre-politically aware days. Um, I spent a year as an intern and a year working uh, for a neoconservative think tank uh, before I sort of understood what that meant. Now, I kept in touch for a long time with people uh, from that think tank who I worked for and, and, uh, and, and have great respect for a lot of them. But um, I then moved after a couple of years um, to the other end of the spectrum and I worked for a fully democratic uh, public opinion polling firm uh, for the next 25 years. So uh, I, I found that place where I felt like if I myself wasn't doing the most important work, the company I worked for was doing important work, or at least work that I felt was important. So I think to the extent that I had a goal when I was your age, it was to do something that I thought was worthwhile, um, or, or like, again, to work for a company that was doing something uh, 
uh, that was worthwhile be part of that. But I, I think I had much less, I think it was more expectations than, than or, or what I felt were expectations placed on me uh, when I was 20, 21 years old than, than my own personal goals other than to just sort of keep going and grow up and do the adult thing that adults do. I don't know that, uh, I, I, think, I think it's different now for college students. I think it's different now for even high school students. Um, the, the things that people are involved in, the things that they do, uh, the things that are available to them. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, and I wish, like I said, I wish I had had that opportunity or had the idea that I should go to Brazil for two months uh, or any of a number of, of other things when I was uh, that age. But I think, again, bringing it back to sort of perspective of being older, I did what I did and um, I made some some probably bad decisions, but all in all, uh, in terms of uh, my, my career path, my, my marriage and all that, I think I made some really good decisions and here's where I am and you can't, can't go backwards, you can only look forwards. And so um, I, would, uh, I, I would say that it, it's important to have goals. Uh, it's, it, you don't want to um, tie yourself to them to the extent that you are not um, open to other possibilities. Lovely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, that got deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I think there's only I think uh, there's only one question left. And and we and, and you can make it quick because it's like, oh, you're you're thinking of the would you rather. I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. Uh, oh no, I'm thinking of the other one. I think oh. yeah, I mean if they want to get into colorblind or tasteless, we go comment go it. comment on that video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh just because this has gone on for a while, and I think Henry and I will probably talk after sort of do a boonch recap um sure. but uh yeah our last question for you guys if you had one simple piece of dad advice that you would want to give us what would it be now is that advice about being a dad or advice as a dad what are we yes okay <laughs> <laughs> Just um, advice, advice that would typically come from a father, right? Like, oh, from a father. Okay. Don't, don't so, iron your ties or something yeah, like that. Just anything. Definitely don't iron your ties. Go mow the lawn. <laughs> Go mow the lawn is one of them. It's and then get, good. and then get off of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, very quickly, um, uh, I'd rather be colorblind. Uh, <laughs> second. Yeah. Second. Um, I would say... Uh, in terms of actual parenting advice, kind of what I said before, if, if and when you have the blessing of being a parent, you will make great decisions, you will make awful decisions, but um, I will tell you what my mother told me, uh, which is just love your children, and that's, that's the big secret, uh, that's my dad advice about being a dad. Um, you know, other just more general life advice uh, is to, uh, we've talked a lot over the past, certainly over the past year with the year and a half, whatever, with the pandemic, uh, but just even more so, lots of other things going on about gratitude. Uh, I, I think just being able to appreciate the things that you have um, is something that, you know, opposite of what I told you before, but I'm not going to tell you uh, not to worry about flying on an airplane or not, or here's what you do when you're 20, um, based on where I am at 54. But but I, I will tell you that... Uh, 
I think that that idea of, of, I don't know whether it's practicing gratitude, but just taking the time to appreciate what you have and not wasting your time looking at other things. I think that's, I don't know if that's dad advice. I think I feel like it's universal, but it's, it's probably the best uh, advice for someone uh, your guy's age. Lovely. Lovely. Wrap it up. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So piece of I gave this some thought and I would say this, you got to know when to hold them, oh, boy. <laughs> when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. Don't count your money while you're sitting at the table. There's time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Brilliant. It's, Universal. where do you get these things? <laughs> Culture. <laughs> hey, can I say uh, one thing? Um, I didn't want to dampen the light mood, but this is my first Father's Day without my father around. He passed away at the end of 2020. So I'd like a boon shout out to David's grandpa in yeah, honor of uh, Father's Day. Shout out. Shout out to grandpa. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, well, this has been absolutely lovely. Uh, lovely. Three concurrent viewers who have not left is, I think, a new boon. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Especially since neither one, none of them are me or Amanda. Exactly. <laughs> so that's great. Exactly. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, happy Father's Day. We we love you. We cherish you. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the all the fathers out there. And uh, David, if you have anything to say, I've just sort no, of started it's, talking. It's been lovely. It's been lovely. And we wish you guys back. And Whenever, we won't just, we won't talk to you unless it's on our podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we hope you guys come back because we want to talk to you. <laughs> awesome. You guys make being a father easy, actually. Oh, so. Second, Stop it. second, many blessings. Yeah. Uh, very, uh, very grateful for you guys today. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. So you guys, you guys should go enjoy your Father's Day, Henry. And yes, we've back. taken up a number of, uh, <laughs> enough of your time now. But, All right. Enjoy. Thanks for having us. Enjoy yeah, you guys. of course. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Yes. Oh man, come on. Yes. I mean, have we reached a peak? <laughs> have we reached a peak now? I really think so. Gosh. I, I think it's all downhill from here. Uh, yeah, it's it's horrible when you bring on people that are more poignant and <laughs> that don't just ramble. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, now what are we gonna do? Like our <laughs> next podcast is gonna we be, gotta up the game now. Yeah, yeah, fruit tearless, but ones that don't have seeds. <laughs> oh, oh man, oh, it's just bananas We're... and seedless watermelon. <laughs> what are we gonna do? What are we gonna you, do? You, you ever wanna you you ever write a big dog <laughs> uh but yes uh, obviously very lovely gentlemen that we've indeed. had on yeah um, great great guys our fathers but yes we hope that this was what, what were your thoughts about that i thought it was wonderful i thought uh i thought i have not interacted with your dad for this long before i know um, yeah. and it was very exciting and i loved uh seeing a lot of uh sort of just some of the mannerisms and and facial expressions that he makes and because they're the same that i that i see in you yeah that's what leah always says that my dad and i are basically the same person um <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean that was uh, a good time. and and i would say the same about i mean i've spent um 
a time with David Drumbus. Oh, sure. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, we got lunch that one time, remember? That's true, uh, in the city. That was a good time. In the city, that was a yeah, good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been to the house, and he's always a pleasure. Um, and this was this was very nice it really was this is a great idea and i'm glad i'm glad we were we recorded it because now we're going to be able to uh because the stream was having some problems i'll be able to re-upload it and it'll be more clear for people even better even better um so yeah uh on wednesday look out for us we're going to be doing a dog tier list (laughs) um we're going to be one of our it's not it's not breeds it's just different dogs that we know of (laughs) yeah i'm going to be shaving my head and then (laughs) yeah uh and that's it so. Getting back to the true, the the roots, our, uh, our <laughs> yeah. roots here. Shaving our head and ranking dogs. Boonch roots. Boonch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hopefully everybody's having a great Father's Day. Indeed. I think the Boonch boys are going to sign off and spend time. Um, well, you're going to spend time with your father because you're there. I'm going to spend time with my yeah. other father. <laughs> the open door. <laughs> Stephen H. Weinberger. There he um, is. Stephen. But yeah, all right, we're going to sign off. Hopefully, everybody had a good time, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Bye bye. Yes, we, we love you. Bye bye.